Ooh, do we have a treat for you today. In this episode, you're going to hear a special talk that I delivered for the Carolina Center for Spiritual Awakening. This talk was filled with not only a huge story in my life, but also so many miracles. So if you'd like to watch the video that goes along with this, you can head over to www.themiraclelab.org to see the full video there. Let's make room for miracles and dive in. Hey there, Jules here, and welcome to Jules Loves Me, the podcast. My life is a surrender experiment where I choose faith over fear to follow my intuition. And it has all led me here to share wholehearted stories about what I've learned along the way. So take a nice deep breath, settle in, and remember, the light in me loves the light in you. Now let the elevation of your soul's experience begin. Hey friends, Jules here. I'm broadcasting from the Hopeful House in Georgia, and I am so grateful that we have the digital realm where we can still connect and you can feel the love that I'm sending to you. Today, I'm going to share a story about a time when I was so lost and confused. I was totally overwhelmed with life situations and challenges and I definitely had more problems than I had peace. I wanted to share this story because I know that in this time that we're in, it can feel like your problems and your stress and your challenges can completely confuse you and you can even forget who you really are. And I wanted to share this with you in hopes of reminding you in those really tough moments that you really do know what you're doing. All we have to do is press pause, tune in, and trust that the guidance is always there for us. So my story goes back to 2006. I was working for a big box retailer, and on paper, y'all, everything looked good. I was making good money, on track to make six figures. I had benefits, perks, the whole nine. And I also had a really sad heart. I was so miserable because I knew that I was not in the place where I was supposed to be. But I had no idea how to get where I was supposed to be. I had no idea how to do anything else. So what I did is I sat down one night and through the tears, I prayed. Said, God, please help me. Show me what I'm missing. I don't feel like I'm in the right place, but there's got to be something more. If I am not in the right place, give me a sign, send a signal. And if I miss it, drop a box on my head and make sure that I don't mess up. Y'all. Two days later, I go back to work and guess what happens? A box falls on my head. I, <laughs> oh y'all, three ruptured discs in my C-spine. Now I'm out on workers' comp. So yeah, divine intervention came in and said, you were definitely in the wrong place. 
and um, also recognize that your words are power. <laughs> so um, let's take that note. Your words are very powerful. So if you're going to pray for signals, I suggest pillows, not boxes. So now I'm in the doctor's office and we're going over the scans. We're going over the results of all these tests. And he says, I don't know how to tell you this, but you have an inoperable brain tumor. What? I immediately started to think about my dad who had passed away six months prior from the same thing. So I knew it was serious. He continued to tell me that he didn't have any options for me. And when I asked about my life expectancy, he didn't have a clear answer. But one thing he did know was that stress would accelerate my symptoms and potentially cause more growth. So don't stress out. That's what he told me. Don't stress out. What the what? Are you serious? What, what am I supposed to do with this? Uh, I'm pretty sure you just told me I have an inoperable brain tumor and then you follow it up with, but don't stress out about it. Uh, can you give me a plan of action? How does one go about doing that? Because I have no idea. This definitely felt impossible to me. So I went home and I was sorting through all the information he had given me. And I just didn't know how I was not going to stress out about this. So I started stressing out about it. Of course, I mean, what else was I gonna do? And I started to realize that every time I got upset, I got sick, really sick. So my body was sending me such a clear signal. Stress equals you feeling violently ill with debilitating pain. So I knew that I had to make a change. My body was sending that alarm to get my attention, saying, you gotta figure out a new way to live if you wanna live. So I started reading, I started grabbing all of this information on new thoughts, on how to change, on how to practice peace, on how to call forth the healing that I knew I needed, that the doctors couldn't give me. So I started feeding myself all of the things that I wanted to grow into. I didn't want to feed that tumor, my fear and my doubt and my negativity. There was no time for that. I had to change the way that I was thinking about my life. And I started to figure out that 
I want to have some fun. I want to feel some joy. I mean, live like you were dying, right? Well, here I am. What do I want to do with my make-a-wish dream? What, what is it? What do I want to do with the time that I have left? I was like, well, you've always loved makeup. You've always wanted to do that. You've always wanted to explore that. Why not now? And I thought, hey, why not now? And so I did it. I turned within and I felt this deep inner knowing that everything was going to be okay. If I could just keep following that feeling, I was going to be okay. So I pursued it. I didn't know how to make it a career. I didn't care. I just wanted to have fun. And that's what I focused on. I focused on what felt good. I started to pay attention to what didn't feel good. And I made changes. I started to make room. started to make room for all the good stuff that I wanted. I started to make room for the life that I dreamed of. And now y'all, everybody thought I was crazy. The select few who even knew about the tumor definitely wondered <laughs> what was going on with me. And so to the outside world who did not know, they really, really thought I was crazy. I'm like, what? Makeup artists, that, that's not even a, a, a thing. And it was right in the middle of the 2008 recession. So I said, y'all don't even know the kind of motivation I have within me. So if I'm crazy, so be it. Know that not everybody's going to get you. Not everybody's going to understand why you're doing what you do. They can't hear what you hear. They can't feel what you feel. That's all a part of that relationship of going within. Allowing yourself time to be still and know. So I continued going, brain tumor and all. And I was having a good time. I was enjoying life somehow. Joy found me. And then something happened. I got the news almost two years later that the tumor was gone. Can I get amen, y'all? Healing happened. It came. It came to me. It 
came through me. I was so grateful because I knew that I had chosen faith over fear and I was committed to it. My doctors were baffled. They were like, how did you do this? I was like, I was convicted and still am. So I continued in my career as a makeup artist with my new lease on life. I was gone. I was dreaming so big. And that led me to working with celebrities on amazing projects. I went on to have a makeup line. I was teaching and mentoring, had a successful agency. I mean, y'all, the vision board, all the pictures came to life. Check, check, check. Here it is. But I wasn't feeling as happy as I expected to feel. I was like, what's wrong with you? What's going on? Why are you not grateful for all that you have? You beat the thing, you got the life, and you're still not happy? And I remembered that feeling. It's like, oh, I'm lost again. I got lost in that place of just following what I wanted without checking in. And that'll only get you so far. So, check back in. And I said, I'm at the end of myself. I don't know what to do. I have no dreams to dream. Please help me. Please guide me. And of course, the guidance is always there. It's just waiting. It's just waiting for us to check back in. And I realized, oh, this isn't it for me. This is going to keep going. So I knew that I had to get really radical with my self-love. And I was going to have to start what I call the surrender experiment. Now I know, I know I said surrender and I, and I felt it like on, on, on y'all's end, I, I felt that, oh, no, not surrender. You don't like it. I know I get it. I get it. Just, if you will, allow me to camp out on the word for just a moment. Let's open a corner of our mind to the possibility 
of reframing the word. Because when I talk about surrender, I'm not talking about giving up. I'm talking about giving over. I'm handing over all the stuff that no longer serves me, like confusion and fear and acting small. All that stuff. So I just say here. And that's where I was in that place of, I don't know what to do, but I do know that I want to be in alignment with your will. I do trust that I am being led to my highest good. I don't know how to get there, but I know how to trust. I built that muscle up pretty good. So I allowed myself the freedom to explore it. And so on the surrender experiment, let's get back to my story. My husband and wife sold everything, everything. And we moved into an Airstream with our son. And we rode off into the sunset at the height of my career. And we traveled. We explored. We allowed ourselves to surrender everything all the time, just for fun, just to see what would happen. Because we were experimenting with this idea of miracles. And we came to see how naturally miracles happen when you're open to it, when you allow it. So we continued on, not really knowing what was gonna happen, but again, knowing that we were going to our highest good and that it happened. Our promised land found us. And before we knew it, we were living on a farm and hopeful. Talk about making room for miracles. Y'all, I got 25 acres worth here. God is good all the time. Can I get amen? I had no idea. I had no idea while I was so conflicted and didn't know what to do. That was all a signal of, hey, you've misunderstood some things. We need to get back on track together. Because that's what we're always being called to do, is to develop that relationship, to go in to our inner heart and sort things out. To take all of the stuff that no longer serves us and drop it off as an offering. 
to give it over. To remember to be present so we can claim our power. So we can feel brave and strengthened and confident. Because I believe that we do know what we're doing. We just have to build trust around it. And so how does this happen? It happens in daily surrender. Surrendering daily into miracles. So I allow myself every morning to just check in. I call it my morning meeting. Be with me. What shall you have me do today? Where shall you have me go? And what shall you have me say when I get there? Always open as the vessel for love to come in and through me. I wanted to share this story with you because I hope that on the days that feel really dark or lonely, on the days where you don't feel so lovable or your peace is getting shaken, remember the story. of checking in, of dropping it off as an offering, making room for all the love. Because when those lessons are coming to us, when those challenges are working us, all we have to do is remember that if we can look at it with our spiritual eyes, we can see the blessing that's hidden in that lesson. It's not there to harm us. It's there to help us, to bring us the miracle our heart has been calling for. And all we have to do is make that invitation and say, be with me. Be with me. Please, Lord, be with me. Keep it real. It's your intimate relationship. So let's take all of this, all of it, let's bring it into our heart space. Close your eyes and just breathe gently and just rest in this moment. As our hand on the heart, we can speak body language to our body. 
that we're safe. All is well. As we enter into this heart space, each inhale is an invitation. We invite the Holy Spirit to be with us right here, right now. As we come to this place of our inner altar, we are home. We come home to stand in truth. Here in this heart space, we connect to ourselves, to each other, to the source. Let's bring our awareness anything that might be blocking the presence of love right now. If there's anything that's blocking the presence, a person, a situation, a past memory, we offer it up. We give it over. we want to make room. We take whatever lesson we honor the blessing. We allow it to leave. We feel the warmth of our love light shining bright, radiating brighter, stronger, coming to us. wrapping around everything. Dissolving whatever blocks love. The warmth of this love is comforting. It wraps around us. We're so grateful to have this connection and to have it available in the moment that we need it. 
may we remember to use it, to commune with it, to trust it. This love that we're feeling, we allow it to radiate beyond us. It knows no bounds. It's not limited by any realm. We are connected in oneness. As this love continues to radiate beyond us and to each other to do its perfect work, we are so grateful for the ability to do our perfect work. With infinite gratitude. say thank you. As the beloveds, we are whole. We are one. As we send our love, may it reflect and shine to us. Radiate our brilliance. And so it is. And so we allow it to be. see you. I honor you. I bless you. The light in me loves the light in you. Thank you. You've been listening to Jules Loves Me, the podcast. If you feel uplifted and inspired and seen, I invite you to join us in the Miracle Lab, where we expand these conversations into spiritual teachings. Do you need a mentor or an accountability partner? Come to the lab and let's support each other while we experiment with miracles and grow together. Visit www.themiraclelab.org. Special thanks to my co-host Josh, who's also on production and sound design. And a big thank you to you for listening. Send me a text and let me know what landed. 229-206-9280. I'm your host, Jules, and remember, 
The light in me loves the light in you. I'll see you in the lab. <laughs>